Okay, now we're caught up. I've got to rewind the tape here. I wasn't on. My microphone wasn't on. And for those of you just joining us, <laughs> uh, so because of what Adam did, there's death, there's judgment, and there's condemnation. Because of what Jesus did, there's life, there's righteousness, and there's grace. So there's a big comparison. Now, verse number 12, let's look at this. Let's say a word of prayer. Thank you, Father, for today, Father. Thank you, Lord, for your word, Father. We pray, Lord, you just help us to learn uh, from your word today, Father. Uh, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. amen. I'm about half with it today. It's not the half that I need. It's the other half. One of my dumb cats. <clears throat> Did I say that? One of my cats in the morning. I usually wake up around 1 or 2 in the morning, every morning. Um, I used to get up at 3 to go to work for 20-something years, so I just, bing. I wake up, but this dumb, silly cat of mine, Sela, the female, likes to sit up on Sally's dresser and reach up and grab the curtains in the morning. And I have a little squirt bottle on my nightstand, and I have to squirt her to get her down. And uh, when she gets, and she does it on purpose, when she gets up there, she kind of looks over her shoulder at me, you know, and I, I get the squirt bottle, and I kind of prime it. You know, because I've done it before, nothing came out, so now I prime it when I see her up there. And um, then she does it. She runs off. Five minutes later, let's do it again. Let's do it. I have squirted her as many as five times in one night. So now I'm going to move the dresser or something. I don't know what I'm going to do here. But boy, she's a pest sometimes. In the middle of the night, you know, they're up all night running around. And then she, you know, takes a break from chasing the other guy around. And then she, let's go play with Danny. And then they sleep all day. And I love to go over there and say, hey, time to get up. <laughs> let's go. And sleep your life away. Yeah. She seems to like it. She'll look herself for half an hour after that, you know. She's got to dry herself off and do her hair again and stuff, you know. And comes right back and I squirt her again. I don't know what's wrong with that. Verse number 12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Colon. Now, after that colon, we got a long series of parentheses. We'll look at that in just a second here. Wherefore, because of or since, and Paul's referring back to uh, chapter number three uh, when he was talking about the universality of sin. Everybody is a sinner. It's universal. Okay, uh, Adam and Eve, and we're going to talk about Adam and Eve here in a couple times through the lesson. Adam and Eve were real people. Uh, Paul regards Genesis chapter 3 as totally, historically, and factually true. Accurate. There's none of this Darwinism or whatever it is, that's gap theory, still, none of that stuff. It's, he believes what the scripture says, and we should too. Adam and Eve were real people. They really did leave, live, and they really did have a lasting effect on the human race. That's what we're talking about today. Adam and Eve, contrary to what people think, did not have a struggle with Satan. They had a struggle with God's word. Because they violated God's word. Satan might have deceived Eve, but he didn't make Adam eat. So they struggled with God's word, not the power of Satan. 
They made a decision. We'll talk about that. Okay. But it's very, very important to understand that uh, this is not an optional passage. You can't just optional, well, I don't believe in Adam and Eve. You have to. If it wasn't for Adam and Eve, I mean, he's the reason that Christ had to come in the first place, isn't he? Because of what he did. He's the foundation. What Adam did is the foundation of what we believe. It brought sin into the world. So he says in verse 12, Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin. What did God tell Adam would happen if he ate that from that tree? He would die. Did Adam drop dead right now? No. But he did die, didn't he? He did die. And ever since Adam, everybody has died. Okay? So, you can't take away Genesis chapter 3 without taking the, the entire principle and foundation of what we believe. Sin came from somewhere. Paul doesn't have to prove this. There's no reason to prove what I read a lot of stuff I was researching, you know, uh, Adam is allegorical. Or That's not true. Adam did what he did. Significantly, Adam is responsible for the fall of the entire human race. Grandpa Adam. Umpteenth great-grandpa, but he's everybody's relative. Eve was deceived when she sinned, but Adam sinned with full knowledge. Adam, uh, 1 Timothy 2.14, And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in a transgression. Adam knew what God told him to do. And Adam made a decision. Everybody wants to have a choice. Adam gave, God gave him a choice. It was like a zillion different trees in the Garden of Eden. It was a tree of life. But Adam made a decision. He chose to eat from this tree of the knowledge of because he thought he would be like God. He ate from that. He made a choice. He could have chosen life. He chose knowledge. Adam made a decision. So the principle of death was introduced into the world when Adam sinned. And it has rained on the earth ever since. Every graveyard you drive by is mute evidence that people die. Bible says it's appointed on demand once to die, then after this, the judgment. We've got an appointment. I don't want to scare everybody. Most people realize this. Uh, we have an appointment. And the worst part about it is we've got to keep it. We're going to keep it. Death is universal. Everybody dies. Sinless infants, moral people, religious people, equally with the wicked and the evil and the depraved. Everybody has to face death. For a universal effect, there must be a universal cause. And the universal cause is the universal state of sin. Adam's sin. Uh, Romans, look at verse number 19 in chapter 5 here. For as by one man's sin, as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. One man's disobedience. 
I've got a few notes later on I'm going to share with you if I get a chance to. Okay? So one man's disobedience. I mean, you see that word many? Most of the time that means all. Not always. Most of the time it means all. Many were uh, in sin. That means all. Everybody. Okay? So human beings are mortal. What does that mean? We'll die. We have a life span. We're mortal even before we reach the age of accountability. That age where we know right from wrong and we can appreciate the salvation message because we understand right from wrong. That age of accountability, it's different in every person, but we're mortal even before that. So, we are mortal before the knowledge of good, uh, before the, uh, the knowledge of right and wrong. So mortality of the, in the human race is the result of the original sin. Because Adam sinned, we all die. We're all mortal. Since men and sin are connected, we can know that all men are sinners because all are subject to death. Nobody, there's nobody alive today that hasn't, there's nobody alive today that hasn't died. That make sense. There's nobody alive today that's not going to die. There's nobody alive today that's been alive longer than they've been alive. How do I say that? Nobody's been alive. Everybody's died. Anyways. Yeah. You know what I mean? Anybody confused? I am now. Everybody is subject to death. Let's put it that way, okay? Amen. There's not a sinless person alive that's not going to die. There's not a sinless person that's alive. Okay? Since God created Adam with the power of moral choice. Well, it's God's fault. No. God created man with a moral choice. How many of you chose to get saved? And there's some that choose not to get saved. We've met some of them. We know some of them. It's not for me. I don't, I, don't want to, I don't want to do it. I don't believe it. They make a moral choice. God needed to test Adam. Adam was the father of the human race. God needed to test him. Did God trick him? No. God gave Adam an opportunity to prove his love to God. He put him in a situation where he had a choice to either obey or disobey God. And he made his choice. Same with us. We all have a choice. If I'm going to do something wrong and I know it's wrong or not, not good, I have a choice. Do we ever choose to do wrong? Sometimes we do, don't we? Yeah, we do. So we have a choice. God gave Adam a choice to obey or disobey his word. Okay? So the whole humanity is viewed as having existed in Adam. I'll explain that further. He's ahead of the human race. Because Adam sinned, he was alienated from God. What happened after Adam sinned? Quickly they had to guard the tree of life. And then Adam was... Out. He was sent to Nevada or somewhere where you can't hardly, it's really hard to farm there. You know, he, was, he was sent out of the garden. He was sent away. He was alienated 
from God. So the fall of mankind and all subsequent human history lies captured in this thing called sin. So the objection is, well, I thought we were sinners because we did wrong. Let me tell you why we're sinners. It's important to understand. You're not a sinner because you commit sins. You commit sins because you're a sinner. Curtis Hudson once said, a dog's not a dog because he barks. A dog barks because he's a dog. Just because something barks doesn't mean it's, you know, that's not the part of a dog. The dog barks because he's a dog. That's what dogs do. People are sinners at birth. We inherit that. That is why we commit sins. Yes, we tell folks you're a sinner because, and this is a sin and that's a sin and what you're doing now is a sin, but it's because they're a sinner. That's why they do it. Okay? Now, verse number 13 through 17 is a long parenthesis. Let's review what a parenthesis is. Parenthesis is a word or a clause or a sentence or a phrase inserted, okay, into a passage uh, as an afterthought or clear explanation, you know, clarify things, whatever they're in there. I've used them a lot. Parentheses. Okay? When you take the parentheses out, it should not affect that passage, that sentence. Should not affect that at all. Should remain grammatically correct. Let's take let's uh, let's uh, test it out. Verse number 12, Wherefore is by one man sinned in, in, into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for, all, for that all have sinned. Parentheses, talking about something different for a second. Parentheses in verse 13, For until the law, sin was not in the world. But sin was, not impu- sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift of grace by which is one man Jesus hath abounded unto many. Not as it was by one that sinned, so was the gift, for the judgment was... Uh, by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense uh, death reigned by one, much more shall they that receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. We'll cover these verses in a second here, but I'm going to get you to the point where we can read verse 12. Wherefore, but one man sinned and into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Go to verse 18. Therefore. Okay, so he's going right along, and he puts his parenthesis right, parenthesis right in the middle of his statement here. But verse 18 picks it up again. Therefore, because of verse 12, therefore, okay, the offense of one, judgment came to all. So parentheses are just in there, and Paul's making a little bit of an explanation here. What's he talking about? For until the law, sin was not in the, in the world. But sin, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed when there is no law. We've talked about this before. Where there's no law, there's no wrath. 
where there's no law, you can't break the law, can you? So between, talking about a period between Adam and Moses, that's called a pre-Mosaic period. That's called a pre-law period. There was a period of many, many years, centuries, where there was no law. Men sinned still because they were sinners, okay, born that way. They still sinned, but there was no law. So for until, for until the law, sin was in the world. Sin's always been in the world since Adam. But there wasn't a law. And that sin was not imputed unto them. It was not added to their account. All the murders and everything else they did back then wasn't added to their account because there wasn't a law that said they couldn't do it. Moral law in your heart. But there wasn't a written law that said you couldn't do that. There was a written law, that, a verbal law that Adam knew about. He knew he was aware of it, so he transgressed the known law when he sinned. But there was this period of time when there was no written law. There was sin in the world. People died. But there was no transgression when there's no law. If there's no speed limit sign in Montana... People steal those signs up there. I mean, you can go as fast as you want to. It says 80, but you can go as fast as you want to. You know, they don't stop you. There's no law. There's no transgression. Okay, so understand that. There was no law. You cannot transgress a law that doesn't exist. doesn't matter if you know about it or not. If it exists, you can transgress. But if there's no law there... There's no transgression. No one says you can. No one says it's wrong. Did God judge sin back then? Ask the folks in Noah's day. God judged sin. There was sin and wickedness during this period, and death continued up to Noah and after Noah. People still died. Okay. Sin was in the human race. Adam had established it there as the head of the human race. There was sin there. And sins still happen, but God couldn't say, I'm going to take your life because you murdered somebody. Because there wasn't a law against it. Okay? There was a specific commandment from God to Adam, do not eat. And Adam broke that. Adam transgressed the known law. Okay? We know that there's death in the world because we have history there we know that there's sin and death we're in the world before the law was given and God dealt with that in his way I don't know anything about it to even comment on God did it in his way now sin was present but it wasn't counted as a transgression until the law came the law had a purpose look at Galatians 3:19. I talk a lot about the law and people trying to keep the law the law had a purpose. Galatians 3.19 Wherefore then serveth the law? Question mark. Why is there this written law now? It was added because of transgressions. Till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. 
There was sin in the world, but you couldn't put your finger on it because there wasn't a law against it. Someone's hurting somebody or killing you know, whatever it is, nothing said it was against the law. There was no law, so God instituted the law. 613 precepts, law. Okay? That was there to give uh, sin character. You could point to the law, you could point to this action and say, oh, this violates the law. That's why the law came. Okay? To give sin an identity. To label it. This is sin. This is against what God's word says. Okay? Look at seven, uh, Romans 7.13. Just up a couple verses there. Romans 7.13. Paul asks, Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin, worketh death in me by that which is good. That sin by the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. God made these commandments, these laws, and that identified what sin is. How do we know what the speed limit is? There's a law. How do we know about this and that? Anything you can imagine, there's a law there. No shortage of laws. These folks spend all day up in D.C. making laws. They ain't have enough, we'll make one. Okay? God had to give law, sin an identity, an identity. He had to label this, this is wrong. This violates God. Everybody understand that? Sin wasn't labeled before Moses. God gave the law. They did the same things, but now it had an identity, and now they could show that it transgressed the law. Therefore, God could judge that. There was wrath attached to that, okay? So Paul's bringing this out in this, par in this uh, uh, parenthesis here. For until the law, sin was in the world. There's always been sin. But sin was not imputed, verse 13, when there is no law. Okay? Verse 14, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who was the figure of him that was to come. So between Adam and Moses, folks died. They sinned. Sin was in the world, he says here. Sin was in the world. Death reigned. People just didn't know it was wrong. I think their conscience told them what was wrong. But there's nothing written down that it was wrong. Okay? So, death didn't just happen when the law came about. It has always been that way. Man has always lived for his time and then he would die. That's always been there. Sin already existed in the world. It didn't have an identity before the law. Okay? Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam. What was Adam's transgression? Disobedience. Okay? Even those that didn't obey, I mean, didn't disobey things, they still died. They're still sinners. Was anybody in heaven during those times? Did anybody ever go to heaven between Adam and Moses? Yeah. God had a way to deal with them. How did he deal with Noah? How did God identify Noah out of all the entire people in the world back then? How did God pick out Noah? Noah had a heart for God. God Noah knew that there was somebody 
superior, some supreme being that makes everything happen, and he understood that, and he worshipped that. And God saw that. Okay? So God dealt with people on a different, different way, but some folks went to heaven. Some folks didn't. They had a way. Okay? So don't think that everybody from Adam to Moses just died and went to hell. That's not true. Okay? Then it says here, who is the figure of him that was to come? That word figure means type. Adam was a type of Christ. He represented Christ. We'll get to that note. Just I've got some notes up here later on, but I'm going to get to some more stuff before I get to my other page of notes. So, a type of Christ. So, Paul's main point in verses 13 and 14 is to show that death passed upon all men because, not because they sinned, but because Adam sinned. These folks between Adam and Moses, they might have sinned, maybe didn't, but they were what? Sinners. They had that same sin nature that they inherited from Adam. Okay? That's how it got passed along. Anybody confused? I'll try harder. Okay? If I can get you confused before you leave here. Okay? So, and it says, who is a figure of him to come? Adam is the only Old Testament character that's explicitly called a type. That word figure means type. Who is a figure of him that was to come. Who was to come? Jesus was. Adam was a type of Christ. Okay? Verse 15, But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. How many men, men offended God? Adam did. And we inherited that sin nature. By the offense of one. So there's a contrast here we're talking about. Uh, by the offense of one, the effect of that sin of Adam uh, uh, his, his fall, Adam's fall, uh, in general when we talk about a fall, we talk about a stumble, or we talk about people falling, falling from grace, as I see in the news. Uh, Adam fell. Adam fell from an elevated position of obedience and happiness, and he fell hard. Clear down to sin and condemnation, he <clears throat> fell. All the way down. Okay? So by the first man, we have sin. The second man, Jesus, we have the free gift. Amen. For if by one man's offense many died, much more. Talked about these words much more last week. Much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. Now there's a difference here that you might get confused with some of the words here. All are under sin. All don't have the free gift. However, the free gift is offered to all. Amen. What do you got to do to get it? Amen. Receive it. If I was to give away my 32-year-old old school filled Bible that has pages falling out and 
was highlighted and written all over and ink is bleeding through the pages and I was going to give it to you. I don't want that old Bible. If I was going to give it to you and you knew I was going to give it to you and you believed me, do you have it? No. You've got to take it. You've got to receive it. All are offered salvation. Many receive it. All are under sin, but many receive salvation, not all of them. So there's, there's a universal cause, there's a universal sin, but there's not a universal salvation. It's available, but what do you have again that Adam had? Free choice. God gives us a free, we have a choice. We have the freedom to make up our own mind. I can't get saved for my wife as much as she needs it. I can't get saved for her. I can't repent of her sins. I do sometimes. I can't do anything for her. She has to do it herself. It's her choice. It's her salvation, not mine. Okay? Um, so it's a free gift. The many that are under sin means all. The mass of humanity. There's probably been 40 or 50 billion people that have lived on this earth. And every single one of them had that same choice. Just as they do today. Seven point something billion today have a choice. The free gift which came from many offenses resulted in salvation. Adam gave an offense, a violation of the law, and the consequences of that was the entire human race is under sin and we all die. Jesus gives a free gift that has a consequence of uh, for the entire human race also, but in a different way, through the free gift of Jesus, the grace of God, we can have salvation. We can have everlasting life. Amen. We have a life now measured in time. We don't know when it's going to end. Uh, but through Jesus, we have an everlasting life that never ends. Amen. Okay, so there's a difference when you're comparing Adam to Jesus. Let's look at verse number 16. And not as it was by the one that sinned, Adam, so was the gift, for the judgment was, not, uh, was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of um, many offenses unto justification. Amen. He's talked about that. The second point in this, this contrast here, uh, the one violation that Adam did resulted in a free gift through Jesus. They're both one man. Adam was one man. Jesus, one man. Now, let me, I got these notes I was trying to get to here. I'm going to go through those real quick here. So, when God made the world, there were two conceivable methods of establishing humanity. One was he could create everybody individually like he did Adam out of dust. Create everybody, or he could create one and make him the source of humanity. And God chose number two. We don't know why he did that, but that's what God did. He chose Adam to be the source of humanity. It was in an attempt to be as God that caused Adam and Eve to fall. Remember what Satan told her? You can be as God. 
It was, it was that attempt to be at, as God that made them fall. And we woke up, we were born with an alienated mind. We were born in this thing called sin. We had sin. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. The first man stood as the representative of the human race. His fall brought it all down. The head, Adam, stood and, uh, at the first in line when he had his first son named... Adam's first son was named... Cain. Cain, good man. Then it started. It was one, and then there was Abel, and Seth. And on down the years, now there's us. We came from that one man. Okay? Now, when Adam sinned, human race fell, but Jesus wasn't, God wasn't surprised by that. You think God said, oh no. He picked the fruit instead of me. You think God had a contingency plan? You think God knew what was going to happen? Everybody do this. Sure he did. From the foundation of the world, God knew what was going to happen. He didn't go, oh, Adam. He might have said that, but he was prepared for it. Amen. Let me find my place. So these two representatives, Adam and Jesus, were side by side. As soon as Adam fell, redemption began to flow. Adam sinned in Genesis 3.6. Genesis 3.15, Christ was there. A couple of verses later. God didn't have to figure out a plan. God knew what was going to happen. Genesis 3.6, Adam sins. 3.15, God's prepared. Christ is, Christ is there. Okay? So, we are born... By birth, and we're united to Adam through birth. Amen. We are also united to Christ through the new birth. Amen. Being born again. That's not being reborn. That's being born a second time, isn't it? Born again. All right? We cannot shake off our humanity. Some folks come pretty close. We can't shake that off, can we? We're going to be human. It is irrevocable. We can't say, well, I think I'm going to be a dog. No, you're human. No matter what the scientists try to do. You're human. It's irrevocable. Okay? You can't escape from mankind. We're mankind. But if you're a Christian, and you've been born a second time, you've been born into the family of God, that is irrevocable as well. You can't get unsaved or change that. You can't get unborn again. You can fall into sin. You can do whatever you want to do, but you're still saved. Amen. Okay? We have that. That's what gives us confidence. So Adam's disobedience, because of his sin, the entire mankind fell into sin, the sin nature. And this one sin affects the work of Christ to redeem us, to salvage us, to save us. 
God knew where mankind was going to go before mankind went there. He knew what was going to happen. God had a plan and gave man a choice. For by one, verse 17, for by one man's offense, death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Like I said, the key word is receive. You can know all about salvation. You can go to church for an entire lifetime, know all about it, talk about it, show others about it, but if you don't have it, you don't have it. You have to receive salvation. A lot of folks have a head, not a lot, but some folks have a head knowledge. Understand all the scriptures, could probably recite a lot of them. Romans wrote into all those verses. But they never took it themselves. They never said, I am a sinner. I am in need of salvation. Amen. They knew about it. Maybe intend on someday doing that, but don't want to keep putting it off, do we? No, we don't. Okay, so uh, what Adam did for mankind is inherited by birth. We didn't get a choice. Uh, we didn't get the option of, well, you can be sinless, you can have a sin nature. What do you pick? We didn't have that option, did we? We were born into sin. Right. Sin nature. Okay? And Christ made a provision for that. God knew what was going to happen, wasn't surprised, already had a plan. Jesus was a few verses away. God knew what was going to happen. God had a plan all set up. So I'm going to stop here because the next thing I'm going to get into is going to take a little bit of time. So I'm going to not get started and have to quit. Uh, but it's really staggering to think how completely death has reigned over the human race. It affects everybody. And I'll tell you next week, I'll explain this a little bit more, but the mortality rate of being born is 100%. Dangerous. That's, right. That's true. So, the effects of Adam's transgression, it affects entire mankind. You can go back as far as back to Adam, everybody that's lived has had a chance to accept Christ or honor God. A lot of them didn't. So, we'll stop here today because I don't want to start this new subject here. Father, thank you, Lord, for the lesson. Father, pray, God, you bless uh, the service to follow, Lord. Pray, God, you bring visitors, Lord, and regular folks, Father. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.